Hello, my beautifully broken friends. I hope you all are doing well and um, enjoying your summer wherever you may be. I am enjoying the hot, hot summer of Arizona. Normally, uh, Greg and I would always plan our summer vacations for July on purpose because um, it is pretty warm, <laughs> not going to lie, in Arizona in July. We had to be back in August because of school, but this year I took my vacation in June, and so I am now getting to experience the lovely July hot, hot, hot 110 plus uh, degrees, all of it. Love it. Waiting for the monsoons. I normally miss all the monsoony storms during the summer, but I'm looking forward to each one this summer. Unfortunately, where I live, we don't see that many monsoons, not like they do in the East Valley, so I still have some uh, summer jealousy issues, I guess, <laughs> but enjoying it nonetheless with my kids and my crazy puppies who uh, they're just eating my house one cushion at a time which is great I mean that's just lovely so uh, when they have puppies and I sell them the first thing I'm going to do when I am able to sell their puppies is to buy furniture to replace what they've eaten but that's neither here nor there. So this week in my life, what has been happening is I seem to be back to parenting children through their grief. So I kind of wanted to talk through what that looks like for me, trying to parent grieving children, single parent grieving children, which is, it's a whole nother level right? And even if you're not a single parent or not a single parent of grieving children, we all know as parents that situations seem to happen at night. Why is it? Why is it when the sun goes down? It's like all of a sudden the boogie monster comes out or the dreams happen and, and there's just this chaos that seems to happen at night. Maybe it's that when the day comes to an end, our minds are able to unwind and go to places that we try so hard to busy ourselves with during the day. And being a single parent is not, it's not just my grief that I have to confront, but I have to help my children with their grief as well. And let's just be honest. It's above my pay grade. I am not a counselor. I am not a therapist. And I can barely deal with my own stuff in my life. And now I am expected to help my children. Like it, it's, it's so far above anything that I could ever possibly deal with. You know, even though I've been a widow now for four and a half years, um, before Greg even died, I, I thought like, okay, you're, you're grieving, you're processing through all this, you're helping your kids. But let me just be honest, 
there's no way to prepare for death. There was no way for me to prepare to single parent before Greg passed. I, I, I tried to talk through him, with him and he tried to give me instructions of what I should do. But truly, until you walk through it, there's no way to know. Of course, my sons grieve differently than my daughter. And my oldest, Jake, he's he's got a lot of words. So he's very good at, at coming to me with his problems and, and we'll talk it through. Um, my middle son, Zach, I have to pull teeth to get him to talk to me. And my youngest son, Joshua, is actually kind of disgustingly healthy about how he grieves when he misses his dad. He'll go and, and he'll watch old sermons of Greg's and he'll cry and then he'll kind of get it out and he'll be okay. And then my daughter, ever since she was, you know, she, she was nine when Greg died. So she does this thing at night where she'll, she'll come in and and she'll be, you know, kind of sniffling and, and crawl in bed with me and just cry her little heart out about how she missed, misses her dad. And even though she did that four and a half years ago, she still does it to this day. And a few nights ago, here comes my young teenage daughter in my room. With, and I'm like, oh, you know that, that sinking feeling (laughs) like what am I going to deal with and she lifts up the corner of my comforter and she crawls into bed with me and she snuggles up to me and she says in that sad pathetic voice I wish I could heal with just a hug but she says I I miss my dad oh what do you say to that it's it's overwhelming And so I just start, you know, petting her hair. I'm like, what happened? Oh, I, I was watching a movie and the dad dies. (laughs) Okay. I told we, the kids and I always joke about the fact that we are now the perfect Disney family, right? There's one dead parent and the other parent is slightly crazy. I mean, we could be a feature movie for Disney because we are the picture-perfect family. My kids call themselves orphans. They're half orphans. And sometimes I think they are truly orphans because sometimes in my mind, I am in strange places. So anyways, so she's watching this movie where, of course, the dad dies. That makes just such a great movie. And she is now sad because it's reminding her that she is missing her dad. She's missing out on on all those things that that movie just portrayed for her of what she was going to miss. The graduations, the marriage, the, 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 kid, the grandkids, all of that. So she's now in my bed sobbing, grieving over the loss of her dad. And I am in way over my head. I don't have the words. I don't know the words. They're not there. They're not coming to my mind. But here's the good thing. I know 
the source of all truth, which is God. God is my source of truth. He is my source of hope. He is my wisdom when I lack it. And so I take a deep breath and I pray for the wisdom that I lack. I love the book of James. James is the brother of Christ and he was writing to the the new fledgling believers in Christ. They, they were scattered and they were experiencing trouble. In fact, in my Bible, at the top of James, I wrote, God sees us at our worst and gives us his best. So these believers, these new believers in Christ, they were struggling in this world. They were, some of them were being killed for their faith. And and it was this new way of living. And James is writing to them to tell them to stand fast in their faith, that God is with them, that that God wants to give them wisdom. Now, these believers, they knew all about wisdom. They, they studied the Old Testament and Solomon, who was the master of wisdom. He, that's what he asked God. God came to him and said, I can give you anything you want. And he asked for wisdom. I mean, that in itself is wise, right? And God said, well, because you didn't ask for fame or for riches or, or any of those other things, I'm going to give it all to you. But definitely an extra measure of wisdom. And even back in that day, without the computer, without the internet, just by word of mouth, all over the world, Solomon was renowned for his wisdom, how he could decipher things. He saw things in black and white in a gray world. And are we not living in that same world? Wouldn't it be lovely to be able to decipher, to have wisdom, to see the black and white in our gray world? So I'm laying there with my sobbing daughter and James 1, 5 just zings in my mind. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. Can I tell you something? If you are listening to this podcast and you don't know God, can I tell you some fantastic news? <laughs> All you have to do is seek the Bible. Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 7, he says, ask and seek and knock. All those things. If you ask God, he'll answer you. If you seek after God, he wants to be found. If you knock, he's going to open that door. Like my pastor said the other week, he said, if you go seeking God, you're going to find that he's already been seeking after you. Like God wants to know you. He wants you to find him. He's not some weird cosmic being that is, you know, has no interest in you. No, the Bible specifically talks about how he created you uniquely in his, in your, in your mother's womb, how he 
you are made in his image. He wants a relationship with you. And he also, for those of us who know him, he wants to help us. He wants to give us those things which we are asking for. And in James, it says, if you lack wisdom, all you got to do is ask. So there I am with Brookie crying and I'm just asking God, Lord, help me to know the truth. Help me to see the black and white, the things that I need to say to my daughter to help her in this time because I don't know what to say. And I'm not joking. I'm not exaggerating. When I cry out to God, immediately pictures come flooding back into my mind of things that were special about Greg that were not so special about Greg. And I just start sharing with her the things that made him who he was because she was only nine when he, at nine years old, she doesn't have a lot of memories of him. Well, in fact, sometimes I think she struggles to have really a lot of memories of him at all. And, and so I just, I'm like, okay, God, you, you brought these to my mind. So I'm just going to tell these funny little stories about her dad, about the good things, about the bad things, and things that he had to work on. I reminded her of the video that she has seen before of her when she was little, like she was probably three or four and she was, had her little tutu on and she was dancing to the music that we had going on in the house. And then there's her giant six foot three father who is trying to pirouette and do leaps across the floor with her. And I just felt led to remind her of her father, who he was. And before long, we're both laughing. (laughs) We're both crying. Uh, But I was able in that moment to just remind her that her daddy loved her. He fought so hard to stay here for her and her brothers to live this life with them. I was able to remind her of the story that after Greg had had brain surgery and then he got pneumonia and he was on life support and, and he coded. I mean, we really thought he was going to die. That when I was reminding him, I was walking through that whole process with him because he was really confused about what happened. Um, and I, I said to him, you know, isn't it great that God brought you back, you know, for the church and, and everything? And he shook his head and he said, no, I came back for you and the kids. And it was so meaningful to me that he said that. And it was so meaningful, I think, for her to hear it. Her daddy loved her. He loved her. And he wanted to be here for all of life experiences with her. But it wasn't meant to be. And this is where our faith in God comes in. I was able to have a great conversation with her about the fact that we'll, we don't understand, we'll never understand why God had this plan for our lives, why he chose to take her daddy home. 
but that God loves her so much more than her daddy or I ever could. That that he has this different plan for her broken life. That he can put all those pieces, even the missing ones, back together for her. I'm able to point to other examples in her life about her grandfather and her uncle who who lost their spouse and their mother and how God worked his beautiful plan in their lives. And because of those different plans, you know, her mom was able to be born and how her uncle walked through the same thing and, and her cousin, and they lost the wife and the mother. And yet God has worked a beautiful plan in their lives and and how we might not see it yet. We might not be at the point where we can see how God has worked a beautiful plan in our life, but we can trust the fact that he is going to do that. I I could tell her about the times when Greg and I, together, we, we needed a miracle. And God provided that miracle in our lives. So so here we are, and and it is sad, and, and we are grieving, and we are missing, and, and nothing will ever replace her dad. But we can trust God because he's good, and he loves us, and he does have a plan for our beautifully broken lives. And while single parenting, a grieving child is a staggering responsibility for anyone. We have a gracious God who is always there to give us what we need. And and the best thing is he's not stingy about it. It's not just the bare minimum that he's willing to give us. No, he's a generous God with great amounts of wisdom. All we have to do is ask. So if you are today struggling with a grieving child or or even a troubled child, can I just remind you that even though you you don't have the words to say, God has wisdom and he has the words to give you. All you have to do is ask. Let me pray for you, friend. God, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your love for us, that you have a plan for our lives, God. Thank you that all we have to do is ask. All we have to do is seek. You're right there. You want to be a part of our lives. You want to help us in every way. So God, I pray that we would just seek you. We would ask you and you would give to us generously above and beyond what we need. Thank you for your goodness to us. Amen.